Hey, welcome to A Little Better. My name's Daniel. I'll be your host today. We have a special guest on the podcast answering the question, are Christians called to be punching bags when Jesus says, turn the other cheek? We answer that and many more questions today on the podcast. Remember, our goal on this podcast is to know Jesus better and by the power of his spirit, do better so together we can be a little better. What's your favorite summer movie? Favorite summer movie? Oh, easy. Top Gun Maverick. Ding, 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 ding. We have texts of pictures to each other in the yeah. theater The question should be, Top Gun. how many times have I seen it? Yes. How many times have, <laughs> how many many times, times have you seen it? How much have you paid to the box <laughs> too office? Too much. Way too much. I've seen it three so times. That's, so that's your favorite summer movie this summer. Has it, yeah. like, has it become best all time? Yeah. This is probably my favorite all time. Yeah. All time. I love, wow, I love really I, it goes back to when I was that. younger and saw the first one in 86 and I was like man I want to be a fighter pilot wow Brad do you have I a picture from then. 1986 I have a picture from 1986 there's no way this. poor Taylor Taylor Benedict's our producer like she, there's no way they can even see this Brad looks Brad's got his iPad out you can't see it if you're listening and even if you're watching this is from 1986 my brother was goose my brother was sat in the back seat of F-14s wow that's incredible Absolutely. I wanted to be a pilot until I realized you kind of have to be like good at physics. And I was <laughs> terrible at physics. So I was like, well, that dream died. And you also need uncorrected vision. Do you wear glasses? No. You don't? No. Good for you. I See, my brother did. It. That's why he had to sit in the back seat like goose. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Right. And well, I don't have any cavities either. Brad, didn't you say that? Yes. Oh, be an astronaut. To be an astronaut. So close. You got to get a little higher. NASA, Navy. It's kind of. Navy. You just offended everyone that's in that department. Sorry. But this past weekend, Nate, you preached week five of Summer on the Mount, tackled the next passage in Matthew chapter five. So give us your sermon in 60 seconds. Sure. Yeah, we're talking all about relationships. So again, in the Sermon on the Mount, what Jesus is trying to do here is kind of ushering in the kingdom of God and trying to share the culture of that kingdom. And so this was all about relationships. What what do re- relationships look like? And so he covers, you know, what do we do with vows? What do we do with those who hurt us or harm us? How do we be generous to others that we need to, you know, make a relationship right? So it's literally all about relationships, and he just flips everything upside down on how we are to view people in our lives that, in particular, hurt us, the, the hurtful type of relationships. Nice. Brad, this is your favorite question to ask, so I'll let you ask it. What, what did you leave on the table? <laughs> so oh, in other man. words, was that, what did you cut you know, that you, you would have said if this was an hour-long talk that you gave? Honestly, that's a good question. Yeah. There's nothing that jumps out. Sometimes uh-huh. I, I sometimes, sometimes I'll be yeah. like, man, here was you know a story or an uh-huh. illustration or a passage, but right. there wasn't a ton of fat to trim on this one. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. so there's nothing that jumps out to me right away. So uh-huh. like every time, every time you ask me this question, I'm like, well, there was five pages of notes that I cut. So yeah, let me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. it might be a little different. I know I cut so much stuff, but it was most most yeah. of the time it was worth cutting. Right. <laughs> I know what the way I write. Once I get to 12 pages, because I do 14, then you know, done. I have a whole form. So once I get to 12 pages, I know, like, all right, I'm 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 yeah. I'm pretty much stop thinking about stop it. Stop researching. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop looking. We've had yeah. enough. We stop looking enough, for Nate. more material. Yes. That's good. So. Nate, uh, you talked a lot about vows, which is the beginning of this passage about, you, you know, you said vows are costly. Don't make a vow. That's, that's all through that talk. So or, the first thing that came to my mind when you were saying those things was, was my wedding. I'm like, man, what did I make a, 
There was a sin. There was a sin to make that vow. Right, right. We're not supposed to get married and make wedding vows? Is that what you were saying? What Jesus is saying is vows are very important, extremely Mm. important. And oftentimes we have a flippant idea of these commitments or vows or whatever. And obviously marriage is a huge one. I would say there's like two really important vows in life, like your vow commitment to God, Mm. right? And then your Mm -hmm. vow and commitment to your spouse. It's a covenant. It is lifelong. It's permanent it you know that that's the the idea behind um behind a vow and which is why jesus is saying you don't you don't have to call on all these other things or you know i swear on this or that just let your yes be yes let your no Mm -hmm. be no live in such a way that that you're just known that's who you are it's part of your character yeah yes i don't think the vows are so bad it's just that it's it's you don't say well only take me seriously when i make a vow it's like right. everything I say is a vow. That's right. You know, yeah. I say, I'll pick you up at three o'clock. That's a vow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's just everything you do, That's you know, right. you should follow through on. Yeah. Be honest when you're not going to, you know, measure up or whatever the case would be, you know, that yeah. this mm-hmm. is so important. I loved your, you had a good list. You always have a really good list in your sermon of like going all the way from like the playground of a pinky swear to like appearing <laughs> in court and putting your hand on the Bible. Like, wow, we really covered yeah. some ground um, there. What, what would you, th- what would you say about, about a- appearing in court? Are you saying that we should never appear as a witness? Uh, hopefully you never right. get summoned to court for the other reason, like you're on trial, <laughs> like, yeah. but, uh, but yeah. yeah. Again, I, the idea here is not some sort of legalistic mindset. Mm. Jesus get, is getting at the heart. He, mm-hmm. He's getting at like the intention behind who we are and what we say. So in a situation like that, I, I there's no problem doing that. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't see what Jesus is teaching here to prohibit anything along those lines. Just understand what you're doing and carry the same level of integrity and character yeah. we were just talking about while while you are there. Yeah. So what's some practical steps for people? Because Obviously, you know, the, ob- the object of it was not to be legalistic, but this could easily make us become like so legalistic mindset. What are some practical steps to move towards the vision of life and promise making that Jesus desires for us just for everyday life? Um, what do we need to do in order to uh, make some progress in these areas? For sure. Yeah. First, don't swear. <laughs> I swear that... <laughs> or, or the other, the other, or other one, right? swear. <laughs> that or the other swear. My mom said don't swear all the time. <laughs> yeah. I, man, I, I don't know. I, I think it can be honestly as simple as I just want to be a person of integrity. Mm-hmm. Even in the little things, like if, if I'm going to commit to... Help around the house, I'm going to follow through on yeah. that. If M asked me to, you know... Mm-hmm take the trash out, do the laundry, whatever it might be, just, just follow through yeah. on that. Don't let it be, Hey, I asked you to do it. What, you know, it could be mm. simple things like that, that I mm-hmm. think show that level of character Jesus is going at here. Yeah. Like we're just that, that that's who we are. We yeah. can be trustworthy. If I'm going to tell you something. Yeah. If you say you're going to be at 515. Like just be there at five fifteen. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But all those things make us more like God, right? Yes. There is no way for God to say anything that's not true or they wouldn't follow through. I mean yeah. just the fact that he speaks it, you think even in Genesis one, you know, and he said, Let there be light, and then light happened. Right. But yeah. there's no <laughs> no daylight, you know, between what he says and reality. Yeah. Right. And that's no the way shifting it should be shadows, no no, no shadows, variations right? of mm-hmm. any kind in, in God's character. And so we should model that after him and trust in him for that. Mm-hmm. And so you moved in the second part of the talk to be uh, where you kind of landed more heavily, which is on people who hurt us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so in Christianity, 
well, how are we supposed to think about just retaliation, just in general? Like, how are we supposed to think about that concept? And then we can nuance it a little bit more, but just in a general sure. term. Sure. I mean, I guess it depends on how you define retaliation. Yeah. I was coming at it from the angle of our natural propensity is to hurt in the same way we have been hurt. That's what Jesus is saying. Like, don't, you, you don't, don't hit replay on yeah. the situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so retaliation, I guess it depends on how you're def- defining it. I, I think that um, the way that Jesus defines it here of turning the other cheek is really kind of the, the roadmap we should follow is just looking to how do I preserve this relationship? That should be my, my first thought mm. of not harming back or hurting back, which is what we naturally do. But like, how do I, man, it hurt. That's, Dung. That was tough. That was hard. That those are all real, and we should feel and understand those emotions. But mm-hmm. that greater kingdom mindset is like I still, for the sake of this person that is made in God's image, who God loves, and I need to love. How do I? How do I extend some sort of branch so that this relationship just doesn't need to be destroyed, mm. but but can be salvaged? So mm-hmm. I don't know if that answers your question, but I guess it just. When I think of retaliation, I'm thinking of it in a negative light. There might be yeah. positive ways of retaliating that are also for the sake of reconciliation. Well, I think you might use words like revenge and justice, right? Sure. You can think that yeah. that hot, emotional, I'm going to make them pay, revenge versus a justice, which could be thoughtful and maybe even restorative, have reconciliation yeah. in mind, address, you know, the harms yeah. that have been done. Because I was even curious in the regard of like thinking our natural leaning natural in my mind is like our sinful nature, like our sinful bending. I don't even know if mine, maybe I'm just worse than everybody else in the room. <laughs> but I don't know if mine is like, yes. I want to get even. <laughs> I want I want, yeah. I want you to almost hurt more. Like mm-hmm. I, I think of maybe the word, right word is vengeful. Like mm-hmm. Brad was talking about is like, if you, you know, slap me once, slap you twice, you know, like yeah. think of like sibling <laughs> rivalry of like, you know, of just that regard of maybe that's where my mind like, if you made me hurt like this, then I'm gonna make you hurt like that. Um, Mutual yeah. assured destruction. Yeah, it's right. just you know, and it's I not want a good you thing. to know how bad you've yes. hurt. Yes, yeah. it's not a good thing uh, at, at all. And so, thinking of okay, let's talk about it in the positive light. Is there any room for positive viewing of um, some questions that we wrote down in the notes? Or like Christians doing military service, um, or there obviously is some physical what we could call violence or just mm-hmm. retaliation of some kind um, that could be argued in the positive nature of, mm-hmm. of reconciliation of, of, of some sort. Is there any room for things of that nature? Sure. <laughs> Go ahead, Brad. No. That was your question. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> No, I mean, obviously, the verse that always pops into mind for me is, you know, when Jesus says that, you know, the leaders don't bear the sword in vain, so mm-hmm. that there is a legitimate, you know, sense of justice and wielding of a sword. I mean, if uh, if we were bombed and, you know, the people were trying to protect, you know, this country, we would, we would retaliate, we would push back, right? I, now, I do realize that there are many Christians who take many views, including pacifism and right. different things, right. and, and they argue well from Scripture for each of those views. Personally, I believe there is a just war, you know, that's possible, um, and I think Jesus alludes to the right use of violence, you know, in the right hands, but it's there, not personal or vengeful. Right, yeah, and I think you could also point to, like, Romans... Um, is it 13, 14, where the, mm. the, the call on leaders is to wield the sword mm-hmm. against those who are evil right. um, in that regard. I think mm-hmm. there's a specific type of person in mind who has who committed an act of 
evil and, and vengeful. And then the they've entrusted the appointed leaders right. to execute justice in that way. But it's there. there's a lot of different perspectives that we don't have time to nuance in the regard sure. of for is there a difference in individual revenge and a more governmental lens of revenge in that regard. There's a really good uh, conversation about the right to bear arms through the good faith debate, which is hosted by the Gospel Coalition just a few months ago. We'll put a link in the show notes around the conversation of the right to bear arms. Mm-hmm. On, on a And they nuance that conversation around, is there a difference? And there's two gentlemen that sit on opposite sides of the perspective of no and yes, um, mm-hmm. and they have a really uh, helpful conversation around that if it would be helpful for anyone uh, in this category. Yeah, but I think sometimes we discuss that it takes it away from ourselves, right, into those other kind of philosophical... I mean, it is... We are dealing with that personal, hot response, yeah, right? right? And where, where does that come from? And thank God he wasn't... He didn't let off... You know, he didn't satisfy his justice <laughs> as soon as we right. sinned, right? For sure. I yeah. mean, the way he with us. Yeah, we, we spent the last couple of minutes talking about more of the, um, in the lens of when something has happened that is definitely wrong, but almost against the law with leaders wielding the sword and carrying out that. We've kind of yeah. nuanced around that conversation, but let's get into the more personal and less like, this is against the law category. Um, mm-hmm. More of um, like, they said a hurtful word, they've acted in a way that I don't appreciate, or they've just done things that have hurt me in these ways that maybe are not persecutable by law, but they definitely hurt my feelings. And our natural tendency is to retaliate like you shared. So what is the, what is the teaching of Jesus and how is it countercultural to us and even his first century hearers? Sure. Yeah. I think, well, again, we just have, we have that mindset of wanting, wanting to hurt, hurt back. I think if even mm-hmm. again, too, I talked about how just, how hard this would have landed on the ears of the people that Jesus was talking to, because sure. they lived in a pretty fair judicial system of the time. It was like eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. Like it was like, whatever you did to me, I'm going to do back. Like that's how they lived. And there was, it was a get even kind of mentality. And, and so for them to now hear the standard is not love my neighbor, hate my enemy, but now to love and pray for my enemy, which again, in their mind, in such a Rome, Roman dominated world, like mm-hmm. they clearly knew who their enemy was. And I just, that, I can't imagine what it would be like for them. I mean, I have it so good here. Like, again, this is where I talk, like, who's my enemy? It's hard for me, honestly, to right. feel like I have a comparable example in my life of someone like then, you know, yeah. to uh, that would be a Roman soldier. So, um, yeah, anything I came up with would sound pretty petty. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And yeah. I think this is interesting too because the the law of the eye for an eye or two for two, the lex talionis, is was if my understanding of the cultural perspective was very radical even in ancient Israel's day because it was basically evening the playing field. It was it was kind of saying like what I was talking about earlier of like no, if someone accidentally kills your ox, you're not going to ask for two ox in return. You're going to need one because he yeah. uh, one was accidentally killed you're going to get a fair 
wage for that. You know, like you're not going to push it further, which would probably have been the common culture oh, sure. of like, hey, you, that's not fair. Right. You're giving me double because that mm-hmm. you know right. you're not charging interest on loans. Like right. you are evening the playing field. And for Jesus to take it from like, hey, let's let's get rid of let's get rid of that yeah. law and let's just say, no, you absorb the pen, like the penalty right. on your own self. Mm-hmm. Um like that's like right. wait, whoa, Jesus, like mm-hmm. what are you doing here? when they are clearly surrounded by these mm-hmm. people who are taxing them out the ears, you know, for, you know, some scholars have said up to 70%. And that guy who's hurt me, I'm supposed to turn the other cheek if mm-hmm. he's slapped me. So that's definitely countercultural in that regard. What would you say to the person? Let's start with the, the person who's been harmed, whether it's, you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually, however you want to say it. Mm-hmm. How do we, how do we take Jesus's word? Because, is Jesus calling us to be a doormat or a punching bag, as Brad would rather say? Sure. Yeah. I mean, again, that that's where it it comes down to the the situation. Certainly, I talked about this too. Of like, the, I feel like this metaphor has been taken out of context quite a bit um, by by even church leaders of like keeping people in situations that are physically harmful because of this verse. Like, hey, turn the other cheek. But again, Jesus is not using this metaphor as, as, as a way to say, hey, continue to be physically assaulted. So just mm. you know, keep offering a part of your body that isn't bruised yet. That's not what he's saying. It's, again, mm. that idea of keeping an avenue. I'm going to start fresh with you. I'm going to start and create a new lane or avenue for this relationship to continue. So I think to those who are hurt, I mean, it, number one, it, that just stinks. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. I, I hate that we live in a world where brokenness and hurt, especially in the context of relationships and relationships that should be the closest, but sometimes we experience the most pain. Like, that's, that's just really hard. And um, I think, though... Yeah, it, it, it is hard, but I think what Jesus is calling us to is to try to think through that in a way of which is a, directed at that person in that relationship. Think mm. of that relationship, and it's so easy to allow the pain and the hurt to blind us from the importance of that relationship and trying mm. to restore it, uh, which is essentially what God has done for us, which is what he's asking us to consider as we think about the people that have hurt us, how much we have hurt God, but yet he continues to be available and open to us. So... Um, what that could look like, I mean, it just depends, obviously, on the situation of what does is, what is a step of reconciliation look like. Mm-hmm. It, it depends on that situation. But I would say in physical situations or physical environments, what turning the other cheek and what loving might need to be is calling the cops. It mm-hmm. might be a temporary oh, restraining order. Like those are yeah. appropriate forms of love, of turning the cheek that, you know, I think based on the character of God, are, uh, it's a loving solution or a mm. loving step towards reconciliation. Not yeah. just we got to stand there and take right. it and continually be hurt. In yeah, I, I don't. I don't see how loving your enemy could be enabling him to continue yes. to do evil. Right. right? Yeah. That's not loving them right. in any way. Right. I mean, there might be other people in danger. I mean, and even them. Right. If you want <laughs> your enemy would be better off not sinning. Right, right. Um, growing, um, responding, re- repenting. So it, it seems to me as if, and this is just you know speaking. You, you preached a wonderful sermon, but in the regard of, it seems like being in the position of one cheek slap, turn the other, is the position of power. In my in my view mm-hmm. of that text is like because if you ever think about just a schoolyard, you know, scrap. If you want to think of it, one one guy gets punched. 
and stands there and takes it and like doesn't back down. Like how many times does the other guy offer a second? <laughs> you know, he's like, oh, maybe I should. This is a bad decision anyways. Um, and, and also just nuancing it is, is Jesus is calling us to offer the other cheek individually. It's not offering our neighbor's cheek in the regard because Jesus always steps in front of the vulnerable and protects them. And so there's, there's a lot of conversation of, you know, in psychology, the effect of when you see someone in danger or at, at risk of, oh, somebody else will help them. You know, Jesus always calls us to run towards the vulnerable mm-hmm. of who are in danger and help mm-hmm. them. We should never suggest like, oh, well, just you're good. You know, right. Jesus right. said, turn the other cheek. We should never extend that. And so you nuance that very well in that conversation of that regard, because, you know, just circling back to a few minutes ago in our conversation of the authorities, those elected officials are called to, you know, seek the justice on the behalf of the vulnerable and those who are committed crimes. That's what their role is according to, to scripture. And so we should allow them to do what God has placed them in positions to do Mm -hmm. um, in those regards. Uh, So what if you're the person though, Nate, um, who has caused harm? Maybe, maybe they haven't been physically violent uh, to be uh, in the regard of prosecuted by law, but maybe they've, they've said some hurtful words uh, or they've done some hurtful things that's put them or their friends or others at financial risk that uh, they've just, they've done damage in their relationships. What do they do? Pursue reconciliation, man, reach out, be the first one to take that step of just owning 100% of the choices you've made, the pain that it's created, the, the, the hurt, all of that, I would just say run towards that. Mm. I, I mean, if you're the one who's been the initiator or the cause of, of the hurt or pain in a situation, don't delay, don't wait, don't focus on anyone else but yourself and just, it's a race of repentance is what I, I've heard. I forget where I've heard that before. But if I've caused something, man, I, I want to quickly come to that person, own it, apologize, um, understand the hurt and pain that's there. Don't try to minimize that or pretend or wash it away like that. That's mm-hmm. real. Um, but man, just be quick to repent, be quick to, to own the poor sinful choice or action that you have caused on another brother or sister or spouse or family member. Mm-hmm. Should they, uh, lead with the Bible verse? Hey, Jesus says, forgive me. No, right. No, no, I wouldn't lead that way. I think approach is important here. Right. Yeah. Just sincerely. Yeah. Sincerely own it. And I think it is important though, to to ask them for forgiveness for the ways in which you have sinned against them. Yes. I mean, ask for forgiveness. Don't demand forgiveness. Can't command it or demand it. That's right. Uh Right. Um, You can't control that. You can just, right. Ask. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You ended your sermon with, um, I, I don't know if, did you cite, where, where'd you get the line, we become what we behold? I didn't cite it. You yeah, cite I don't it. even know. I mean, yeah. I've heard that for forever. Yeah, for I don't sure. know who, uh-huh. uh, what, yeah, you become what you As behold. you have said often. Yeah. Nate Miller. <laughs> I once that. heard a wise scholar uh, right myself, <laughs> I think, a few months ago when I was writing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, is there an original author? I don't even yeah. know. I heard it at uh, James K.A. Smith, who's a, uh, like, Christian philosopher, theologian. Uh, it was. It's in one of his books. So I don't know if he cited it or not, but um, he has. A, I it's think a he phrase has a, I know. I've heard I think he has a, a book titled church. that that just okay. recently came out. Maybe he's Conan himself. So yeah. uh, that's good. So so good. with with that in mind, what does fixing our eyes on Jesus 
in a real life scenario on a daily basis look like for us? Because that seems like a practical actions, action step for if you are the victim or the one who has been causing pain in our life because mm-hmm. we need to be transformed. We all need to be transformed by Jesus. What does mm-hmm. that look like on a practical level? For sure. I mean, this can look so many different different ways. And I guess I would just ask the individual of like, or whoever the person is, just find a way, find a way. I think we all kind of relate and connect in our relationship with God in, in different ways. But I think if there can be just a primary viewer mentality of like, God, I just want to keep my eyes fixed on you today. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that helps me, I uh, don't do this perfectly, but as I walk into the office or if I'm walking into a meeting, it's just, God, help, help, me, help me be focused on you right now. In my responses and the way I react and think of just more a mentality and sort of like, a, I think, an attitude that, that we just need to carry with us each and every day. I mean, there's practical mm-hmm. ways to reinforce that. Certainly being in God's word, which mm-hmm. is where we, we've focus and see and understand who our heavenly father is so that we can then, you mm-hmm. know, become like him. Uh, man, I think journaling, I think listening to worship. I, I think for me, it's just a conscious choice each day, a surrender of just mm-hmm. God today. I want to, I want to live for you. I want to have your perspective, your mindset, that kingdom mindset, even today as I interact with yeah. people around me, but man, it can be so, there's so many, I great tools or practices out there. I think that could certainly reinforce that. With, yeah. with that in mind, uh, we're going to do one final thought here as we wrap up. And what I want to hear from each of you is what is one of those easy practical tools? It could be an app, a reading plan, or a practice that you have in your life or you've heard that you wish you had in your life to focus on Jesus more yeah. or respond like him. There, there are several. I'll mention one, which is just to, again, lose myself in corporate worship. Mm. You know, just again, I mean, Maybe I'm listening, doing worship on my own, which I do. You know, I've got my playlist in Spotify and stuff that moves me. But to be with God's people and just worship, show us your glory. I'm thinking of that song as just the refrain is show us your glory, show us your glory. But just to be in a place where you are just, for me, people are moved in different ways. You know, like for me, that music and the rest, it just gets into my my heart just to see the beauty of Jesus and his yeah. love and forgiveness. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to do mine and then sure. I'll let you do yours. So, and mine is, uh, it's going to be way less spiritual than yours, Brad. Huh. Not, I, I'm going to think of, I think one of the most helpful things for me in my relationship specifically has been, I've developed a practice. I call it the one, two respond. <laughs> uh, and so I, when I, I did umpiring school, when I was a teenager to umpire little league games, and they always taught us to count to three in your head before you make the call because what if the kid drops the ball or you actually see they're not on the bag you don't want to have to correct yourself because then people are going to think you don't know what you're actually doing so you always count to three and so I am too quick to speak so much of the time and so to respond more like Christ and be in my parenting in my relationships uh, as a pastor Mm. all those things I I try to take a deep breath before I respond and so you call it the one two respond like think Mm. of umpiring before you make the call take a deep breath before you respond with a word, with anything, just take a That's deep good. breath, wait before you respond. What was your strikeout call? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, You're like a ha! No, I, I, <laughs> I threw both my hands up and then did the punch out. Did you? Say, okay. Yeah. All right. Both hands and then the punch out. <laughs> Bow and arrow. <laughs> I always love an umps. You know, they all have a unique way of doing the strikeout. You got to do it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Back to better, more spiritual. Um, <laughs> now get less spiritual than that. <laughs> That's the progression. <laughs> um, I, 
I think for me, I think I may have already said this. Honestly, it's been it's been prayer with God, and not mm-hmm. like a down on my knees. Like it, it's it's just community, communing with God, talking yeah. to Him throughout it's the good. day. And I I honestly try to when I'm going into meetings, I regularly will do this multiple times a day. God, give me your eyes today. Or if it's a hard situation or counseling, God, give me give me your eyes. Help me to to see things the way that you do yeah, and respond in ways that you do. Like just those momentary, short little prayers kind of have that way of just reorienting my mm-hmm. my focus where it should be. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, thanks so much for chiming in today. And thanks so much for listening to this episode of A Little Better. We hope it's helped you and you're off with Jesus. See you next time.